Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, the uproar over a Super Mario movie. Netflix says, ta-dum, to its competition. And are we ready to return to battle with the American Gladiators? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glasser from pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football and the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, Humanican Media, and Game Source. It is sincerely appreciated. What a way to be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend, he is our own American gladiator for Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Humanica Media, of course, popculturecosmos.com, and check out his great shows, Topic Apocalypse and the Super BS Games Cast. And of course, he's got an award winning best selling book because I gave it the award and I told you now it's best selling. I don't even know, I don't know the inside on how many sales it is. It is Congratulations, You Suck. It's available right now at Amazon and Barnes Noble. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What is up? So I'm just going to say it's award-winning and best-selling. I, I appreciate that. Unfortunately, this book has not sold nearly as many copies as Vendetta Dark did, and that's because my pub, the publisher that I went with has stopped me at every turn as far as like promoting the book goes. And uh, it's just, it's been such a hindrance. Like it's the sales of this book have just been sad and it makes me sad. So if you're out there, the book's not bad, go pick it up. It's just, it's not marketed very well because I, I'm not getting help marketing it from my publisher. So I think next time I'm just going to go back to independent publishing, but um, yeah, anyways, I'm sorry. That's a downer. The book is good. I promise you can read the reviews on Amazon. It's just the publisher is just not working with me is what I'm trying to say here. But check it out. Pick up a copy. The, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. The book is good. I have it. I liked it. Yes. Congratulations, you suck. If you're, li- if you're actually in the Waco area, they have it at Fabled Bookstore physically. You can go in and grab a copy off the shelf today and uh, take it home with you. Well, there you go. There you go, indeed. I also want to give a big shout-out before I hit back to you, my friend. Retro City Games, our longtime sponsor of this show, 
want to go ahead and give them a big shout out because they celebrated this past weekend seven years Woo! of existence seven year anniversary they had their seventh year anniversary game night this past weekend i had a chance to talk for the first time in a long time face to face the owners nicole galgazian and also as well douglas hoyabu very good catching up with them i hadn't seen them at well over a calendar year so I truly miss them, and I was able to catch up. Their kids are growing really big, so I was really happy to see them. But, man, before we get it back into what's going on for today's show, I know you had some concerns about Sonic. So uh, back on Sega Dreamcast, I think, there was a Sonic game, like Sonic 3D World or something, Sonic Adventure mm-hmm. or something like that. And yes. it was it was a good game. You know, it was like what Mario 64 did for mario it did for sonic but for some reason they decided to like go back to other forms of sonic you know where it's just like these linear paths you're walking along so i i bring up sonic because this weekend i went out and bought sonic colors right sonic colors is a fun game but you know in retrospect playing this i guess remastered edition you can call it i kind of have realized what the issue is with sonic over the years Okay, hmm. and Sonic is my the issue with Sonic is that it's geared only like all the people that grew up playing Sonic. It's not geared towards them. Like that's why Sonic Mania did so well because it was made for the people who grew up playing Sonic. But these newer Sonic games, they're geared mainly towards children, right? Because hmm. with Super Mario, there's a differentiation between like the old cartoon stuff and the games, right? The mm-hmm. games exist on their own thing. They're for adults or for kids, really anyone who wants to play them. Sonic, every game that has come out with Sonic has been geared, or not geared, but has like, the cartoons used to exist for the games, and now the games seem to exist as uh, expansions of the cartoon. And it just, it feels so childish because it's the same voice actors, it's the same like cartoony music. It's that, this is the issue. This is why people can still take Mario seriously, but Sonic is just kind of fallen by the wayside is because it's a game made for kids. They're not, they don't really, it seems like they don't really care about the people that want to still play Sonic that grew up with Sonic. Does that make sense? Cause like, it does make sense. The, 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 uh, the game has just straight up cutscenes that look like they came from the cartoon and it's, just, it's the same voices, same music. Like, it just feels like an episode of the cartoon that you're playing through. And I'm pretty sure that that's the issue with Sonic. If they were to make something like, you know, put Sonic in this 3D world, then you would, and you know, you have the freedom to go places and do different things. That would be a much better Sonic game. If they were to make it kind of like Mario, where you can still do the fast stuff, the spin stuff and all that, but you have the freedom to kind of explore a little bit more. That is the kind of Sonic game that I think people could get behind. But these ones are just, they're not changing, and they're not made for people who want to see Sonic change. Well, my friend, there's still a lot more time, I guess, for a lot more iterations. Because, you know, Sega is just going to run it dry on Sonic all they can because it is their premier franchise. They're going to try to do what they can to try and find as many variations that they can put out there. So... I have a feeling whether it's on a mobile platform, whether it's on a console platform. I mean, right now, Amazing Left, the movie platform is probably the most successful yeah. of any of the platforms for Sonic right now. And that's kind of weird for me to say, but 
yes, I still think you're going to see several variations of Sonic going forward, and I don't think they'll ever stop trying to go ahead and run that thing dry. So I think they're just going to do everything they can to keep that Sonic train going, no matter how many bad variations of Sonic games you're going to get. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because like Sonic has the potential to be something that people would truly love like a super they it has the potential to be like a Mario 64 or Sunshine or Galaxy or whatever if they would just like make it that, you know, don't yeah. don't keep making these like linear games, you know, make something where you can explore and then you can put the linear elements back into it, but just make something that's more like I don't know, something that the adult could sit down and play and not feel like they have to watch the cartoon to really, like, I don't know, feel involved in it. Well, if you have thoughts out there on the future of the Sonic franchise and the IP, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. I just feel that Sega is going to continue to just churn out mediocre after mediocre after mediocre game. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean... or the early 2000s, the early to mid 2000s, when they were just putting out many iterations of Sonic, yeah, kind of did it for me. That ended it for me. My my any affair or any affinity for for that I have with Sonic at that time, and they've just been doing it ever since. I mean, they found some successes here, found a little bit of success there, but for the most part, it's just been like a bunch of stuff that they're throwing against the dartboard, and it's not very much of it sticking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's there's some gameplay issues I can get into at another time, but it's just it's not. I don't know. It's just not a uh, as consumer friendly as like Mario. And I know I keep saying Mario and Sonic, even though they've had this like deadly rivalry forever. But like these new Sonic games are just not. They're not friendly towards people who, I guess, want that more casual gaming experience. Well, speaking of Mario, it's a me. It's a Mario. We're going to be talking about Mario here in a little bit because we're going to be talking about the Nintendo presentation. Yes, yeah, from it just came last week. You know, it popped on right after the PC Multiverse that we recorded. So we got to go ahead and update everyone out there on what Nintendo has to offer. Some of it's pretty good, some of it's pretty controversial, as we'll talk about the Super Mario movie. That cast was announced. We'll tell you which part of the cast was really very controversial on the internet. We'll talk about that coming up in a bit. Plus, we're also going to be talking about some good things when it comes to what if episode seven, eight, nine coming up, waiting for episode eight to drop this week. Had a real chance to relook at episode seven, which was the Thor episode, which I truly enjoyed. So I have some quick thoughts on that and how it's developing, plus Star Wars Visions. I want to go ahead and share my thoughts on that as well. Fantastic Beast 3, we want to go ahead and let you know that it is on the way, confirmed for a release date next year. We'll tell you when that is, we'll tell you what's the title, and we'll tell you if we're excited, or should you be excited, for Fantastic Beast 3. That's coming up here in a little bit as well. And on the back end of the show, Josh has asked for this for years, and I'm totally kidding when I say that, but American Gladiators is coming back to your living rooms. As the WWE and MGM thought that this would be a great idea to revive this once again. Is the American Gladiators concept a good concept to bring back? So we'll talk about that coming up on the back end of the show as well. But we're going to devote the first half of the show, my friend, to Netflix. I know I've been talking in recent weeks about what Disney Plus has been doing, what Apple Plus has been doing. They've actually turned things totally around and now... 
things are starting to look up for them. Amazon Prime, we've talked about, a lot of good stuff there. HBO Max, we all know that they've been doing some good things, even though there are movies that have appeared on theaters as of late, like Cry Macho, didn't do very well in the theaters, but it's been doing okay on HBO Max. And of course, you know, they've got Dune that's on the way and Matrix Resurrections that's on the way. So HBO Max has been doing some things as well. But the one of the things I wanted to ask you, my friend, it's about the leader in the streaming department, which is Netflix. They just had a big presentation. Remember last time I talked about Netflix in the last presentation they did right around E3, and I thought was that was totally ill-advised because it got, you know, pretty much everything got snowed over by everything else that was announced at E3. Yes, I had a real issue there. The timing for this was a lot better. It took place this past weekend. Had its pretty much an exclusive weekend, all of it to itself. A lot of things that went on that was announced. And this was really something that if you're a Netflix fan, and a lot of good stuff is on the way. They showed footage from The Witcher Season 2 that's coming up. And no surprise, no surprise that they're going ahead and renewing it for Season 3. The Witcher Blood Origin. They talked about The Sandman. That's a live action series coming as well. Talked about Cowboy Bebop, and they showed the title sequence from that, which looked really cool and similar to the anime. I mean, just a whole bunch of things. Army of Thieves, they showed off a trailer for that. Arcane, which is an animated feature. That's going to be a series. That's based off of the League of Legends. So gamers out there, you're going to get ready for more good stuff in that universe coming up. Vikings Valhalla, that was shown off. Cobra Kai, which I'm always excited about. Season 4, they showed a little teaser from that. Ultraman, Season 2, that got some new details for 2022. That's upcoming. They showed a ton of stuff. And, of course, they showed Stranger Things Season 4. They showed a little sequence from there. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. They put a ton, absolute ton of stuff for this to them presentation that they had i think it's called Tadam. i'm gonna say Ta-da. Ta-da. it just i didn't think that was the brightest title in the world but hey you know what it's a global fan event for them i think this is good timing i think it was it really got everything over and i think it has people talking which is exactly what you're supposed to do when you have a presentation like this yeah so to be honest with you i didn't even really know that this was happening until i yeah there's a real tadam moment there uh, i jumped on the internet yesterday and then lo and behold there's all of these new television announcements here not television but netflix announcements the first thing i noticed was that our friend mark hamill did not get to play vesemir and the witcher as everybody was petitioning for the new footage from the witcher looks looks really good Season one, it seemed like they were really trying to find their foot. And there's a lot of season one footage in this trailer, but it felt like in season one, though it was really good, they're trying to find their footing. But this one, like now that all the characters have had their like origin stories told, like we're just kind of jumping right into the action and seeing some of the scenes going on really just brought me joy, man. I'm like really excited to see all this stuff going on. The Witcher is, especially if you watch Nightmare of the Wolf, like, it's really an interesting world that has been put together. I didn't even mention Extraction, too, the one with Chris Helmsworth. That did so great for Netflix during the early part of the pandemic. They, of course, they're making a sequel to it, and they showed a little teaser from that. So it looked like he was left for dead in the water, but of course he's not when there's a sequel involved. Yeah, yeah. I was half expecting to see the, what's the, the Tomorrow War sequel pop up, but I guess it's not. 
not something on their uh well that's amazon prime the tomorrow oh that's right that's right okay yeah, wrong, one, wrong, wrong one wrong one so. um the cowboy bebop trailer not it's not a trailer just kind of show the intro after seeing that like i have a little more like um i guess confidence in the series like i read some stuff recently about how the the writer and director said that it's not so much a copy of the anime the anime is its own mythology this is kind of a a retelling or continuation i guess of that story i'm more interested now a little more excited about it knowing that they're not going to just be trying to rip off the anime and just the, the scenes you know seeing the scenes scenes uh, vicious and spike that quick little scene where he's got the the blade to spike's throat i i can say i'm a little more excited about it moving moving forward hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. We've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh, Jock and Nerd! Wanted to ask you real quick, when it comes to the Netflix to Dumb presentation, and that is with Stranger Things season four, this has been the slow burn. I mean, it's been quite a spell. And obviously a lot of things got delayed with COVID and all that and the, and the pandemic. But Stranger Things season four has been something that's such a high profile series for Netflix, such a foundational series for them. Things uh, Something that actually brings in a lot of viewers and a lot of eyeballs to their screens. Finally, we're seeing a little bit more footage, and this one showcased uh, uh, specifically on a house that has a lot of haunted history behind it, I'll say that. But what are your thoughts on season four? It's not coming out until 2022. They didn't, give it, they didn't pin down a release date yet for it, but still, it's sometime in 2022. I mean, we're getting a little bit closer, but still, it's been quite a while. For Stranger Things. Yeah, so I was actually thinking about that, and you know, I'm gonna I want to get to my thoughts on the trailer here in a minute. But I almost feel like COVID was kind of a blessing for Stranger Things, not not COVID itself, but like the uh, the I guess shutdown of everything because it it seems like the is the Duffer Brothers right? They're the creators of that show. Yes. They didn't really seem to know what they wanted for this next season because you kept reading during quarantine like, oh, we finally f- we're retooling the season and we finally figured out where it's going to go. And, you know, originally it's going to end with this season, but they're like, we're going to do two more seasons, I think they said. And yeah. that's going to fully flesh out and finish the story that we set out to tell in season one. And I think that this was this like break that everyone had to take because of COVID was a blessing because they were able to actually sit down without having to worry about pushing, you know, getting something out by a release date. And they're able to kind of really map out what they wanted to do. And, you know, looking at it now, uh, you know, looking at the trailer, if you notice in the trailer, it does look like they took their time on it. You know, there's everything in the, the old other season trailers have been really like felt rushed, you know, with the quick cuts, but this one, they, this is the first time in a Stranger Things trailer that they've actually like told semi told a story in it. I was impressed with that. I don't know where the story's going to go because you know we keep getting like it seems like every season 
they it ends you know and like there's you wonder like what's what's left to tell but they obviously have a plan and seeing this trailer i'm really excited about it well you know netflix has a tradition usually of going just to season four and then just kind of axing these shows from there but yeah when it comes to stranger things i mean they're going to dictate exactly when they want to end the show so yeah if they are going to go two seasons more that's great but the references there, I mean, Freddy Krueger was referenced in the latest teaser that was there. A lot of people were talking about that and, and just a lot of things that are going on. Obviously, references the 80s and, and it likes to poke very much at, at, at our society during that period of time. So, yeah, some good things are hopefully will happen with Stranger Things season four. It's something that I wasn't sure I wanted to get into, but once I did, I really got hooked on it. So I'm looking forward to seeing that whenever it comes out. But I'm assuming... They're, they're, they're stating that it's coming out in 2022, so I'm, I'm pretty much going to hold them to their word on that. But yeah, uh, you, we talked about Cowboy Bebop a little bit and, and seeing that. You got a little bit more confidence in this after seeing the title sequence. I mean, it looks like it's going to try to be as faithful as you can to the source material. Yeah, faithful, but also like telling its own story, I guess, in the way that Final, the Final Fantasy remake is telling a different version of Final Fantasy VII. And because of that, like, I feel like the purists aren't going to be able to sit back and, like, I guess, I, I in a way, I'm kind of a purist myself, but they're not going to be able to sit back and say, and just feel like this is wrecking everything that they love. You know, it's the same way that you and I look at Akira and we're like, I hope nobody touches that. But if someone were to take this approach and do, like, a retelling of Akira, then I might be able to get behind it instead of trying to mimic exactly what was done before wasn't really on board with it but after seeing this title sequence and seeing how close they're playing it to the original anime series i think i'm going to go ahead and give it a shot when it comes out and i know it's coming around the corner for a release date i think in a not too distant future if i'm not mistaken november 12th i think november 19th 19th that's correct yeah 19th there you go but army of thieves uh they're already capitalizing on the success of the dave bautista movie with a prequel in regards to the just, safe cracker Ludwig, yeah. who was a fan favorite in the film, so yeah, it's just a heist movie. Like, there's no zombies or yes. anything, so it, just, it feels like such a weird jump. But hey, you know, maybe we'll see. Arcane, they're just going ahead and feasting off of these video game adaptations. I'm going to say this right now: that of any studio, I think Netflix has done the best with video game adaptations not everything's been perfect but they've really done a fair job of treating a lot of these ips yeah well i mean respect they have time to sit back and i guess expand the mythology you know they have time to sit back and actually tell the story the way that it deserves to be told whereas movies are always, you know, they have the producers who often know nothing about the source material telling people to do things because they need to market a toy or a t-shirt or, you know, there's like, trust me, our market research just says more explosions. People love that. Like that's always been the issue with video game to movie adaptations. But with Netflix, you know, you actually get the chance to sit down and tell the stories the way they deserve to be told. They've been faithful to a lot of the source material. They actually struck it rich with Castlevania. So they've done a, a real nice job with that series. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they'll do with Arcane, especially for something in the League of Legends, which was not too long ago was a really popular game. 
and we would always talk about as far as on the esports end we were talking about how people would go ahead and by the thousands go to these league of legend tournaments and you know in packed arenas and we were talking about how big league of legends was at that time yeah i think fortnite overtook it and i think a lot of the luster has come off a lot of the shine has come off of league of legends as far as its popularity is concerned but maybe arcane could go ahead and just light a fire and remind everyone out there just how good league of legends is so we'll yeah. see what happens yeah, there hopefully but. i mean it's still like one of the biggest esports games out there with you know the, yeah. all these big colleges just don't hear it as much as yeah because they used right. to have like you said the college university tournaments and things of that nature yeah, yeah. Just, i just don't hear as much uh, i think right around 2019 is when i stopped hearing as much about it in yeah. 2020 I'll, I don't think it's been the the pandemic has been. I think our focus has been on other games than than on League of Legends, but it's still quite popular out there. But yeah. before we head to the break, my friend, I just wanted to mention real quick that Vikings Valhalla, a sequel to the History Channel series that I, I believe you've liked and you've watched on occasion, that's coming to Netflix. Your thoughts on that, real quick? Yeah, I mean that's awesome. I. I... Vikings is a series I always meant to go back and finish. I think I made it to like season four and then I kind of dropped off because I had other things I had to do around that time. But yeah, it's something I'd like to go back to. And Netflix seems like a good place for that show because on History Channel, there's just a lot of things you can't do, right? Like you can't, you got to tone down the gore. You got to limit how long the stories can be. But with Netflix, like you, there's really no limits on what you can and can't do. So I can see this definitely being a lot bigger than it was on History Channel, and it almost feels like it be- it belonged there to begin with. There is some limitations. Just ask Adam Sandler what that is. <laughs> right. I'll, I will have to say it has something to do with China. So ah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So, yeah. But still, there's. I think obviously one last thing I want to talk about, and then they ma- a major acquisition. I want to hear your thoughts on. The one last thing I want to talk about is Cobra Kai season four. Obviously I've been talking about this series nonstop for actually years now, my friend, since this was a surprise hit for YouTube. He went over to Netflix and it's been a hit on Netflix and it's got renewed. This is season four coming up. And again, this is something where, you know, the original movie trilogy did not endear me, but this has endeared me even more than ever anything that the cheesy 80s and 90s films could ever do so yeah. i'm so excited for cobra kai i still got to give me a cobra kai t-shirt i gotta get when if i see one a cool one i think i'm gonna go ahead and blow one so you should do it uh, man you just sport uh, you gotta sport those those pop culture t-shirts you know uh, i gotta rock it i gotta rock well i'm rocking our alma mater my friend <laughs> national university oh yeah before we head on out my friend i wanted to go ahead and note something to you in regards to a major acquisition they made just before the presentation. And that was, uh, they purchased the rights to all the properties from the Roald Dahl, Roald Dahl company. And that's the famous author who penned so many, I want to say, I don't want to say children's books. I want to say maybe like young adult books um, how about like, that let's go ahead yeah i mean i'd say like teenage teenage Te- books. yeah teenage in that in that range teens that's teens james and the giant peach matilda the witches fantastic mr fox and yeah, charlie and the I chocolate mean, charlie, Choc- yeah yeah and that means encompasses all of that so all those characters all those stories so you not only can just tell the stories that are 
that were told by Roald Dahl, but you can expand upon that even more with some of these characters. So yeah, I think that for people that are looking for a great fantasy series, I think this is really going to wet their whistle. I really think this is going to be something that for a genre that I feel has been underserved for years, and that's from the fantasy realm, because we always go superhero, we always go action, we always go sci-fi. The fantasy realm has been kind of ignored. So I want to hear your thoughts on the purchase of the Roald Dahl company by Netflix. Yeah, so my first thought was like, okay, cool. But then the more I started to break it down and think about it, the more I realized that all the big properties by Roald Dahl have been done recently, you know, like within the past five years, you know, like all the, the Charlie and Chocolate Factory, the witches was just made for uh, HBO Max, I think made it. It's cool. Yeah. But what are they going to do that hasn't already been done recently? You know, like I understand a Narnia situation where these movies haven't been touched in 10 plus years, but Everything with Roald Dahl has been kind of done lately, you know? Yeah. It doesn't seem like something people are going to be into at this moment, like cause just because it hasn't rested for too long. I, I assume by the end of this decade, they've got at least a lot of content that they can go off of, so it's nice that they have that. Yeah. And the Sandman, based off the comic book, the DC comic book, the Sandman, so... Mm-hmm. Netflix has a lot to offer, my friend. Any yeah. last thoughts on the Netflix to dumb presentation? Uh, it was a lot of good stuff. You know, Sandman's been something that's been in production hell for like a long, long time. They've been trying to get that off the ground for years and years. So it's nice to see it's finally taken off. Hopefully it's, you know, it's worth watching. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good stuff. Netflix is definitely uh, has some content that people are going to be into. So. You know, and we're going to be able to watch a lot of this by the time the year ends. So I think we'll have more thoughts around then on it. Well, I'll tell you what, when people start doubting the superiority or the advantage that Netflix has in the streaming marketplace, Netflix just goes ahead and just whips out a lot of stuff out there for you. And that's what they did in this latest to dumb presentation where they put out a lot of great stuff and gave you a lot of great news on upcoming projects. So we are looking forward to it, like Josh Peterson had said, my good friend Josh had said, that there is a lot of stuff on the way from Netflix. What are your thoughts on the Netflix Tadum presentation, the global fan event that it was? Were you excited by all the announcements? Did you miss something and wanted something more? Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? If you want to see the coolest action figure collections out there, the stuff that you played with as a kid, hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really, truly defined who we are, then you got to check out season one of Action Figure Adventure. Check out Action Figure Adventure now, exclusively at Big Bad Toy Store. You'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun. I guarantee if you grew up playing toys, you will love Action Figure Adventure. We're back on the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford along with my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson. Josh, there was another recent heavyweight presentation because, you know, these days we just love our presentations. And that was by our good friends at Nintendo because they've been seeing all the pub that Sony got with its recent presentation, which I still say should have been done at E3. 
And they also saw what happened with Xbox and its Gamescom presentation and E3. And, you know, Nintendo Directs have come and gone over the past couple months with not too much fanfare. But they really dropped some good stuff on this recent one. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Before we get to the most controversial part of the Nintendo Direct presentation, I wanted to hear your thoughts. First off, the best news I think out of it was Nintendo Switch Online announced an expansion pack, which includes the N64 and Sega Genesis lineup. So I I thought as someone who really loves the Genesis like you do, and for someone like me who really loved the N64 era like I do, I really think this is a match made in heaven and to make it available, a lot of these games that are going to add a ton of games to it is really something killer. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean... And just just the lineup that they announced, right? You'll be able to play Mario Kart, uh, Mario 64, Star Fox 64, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, Sonic, One, Sonic Two, uh, Golden Axe. I, I'm also, I think Fantasy Star was on there. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, the, I mean, th- there's a, a good starting lineup, and there's a lot more to come. You know, I think they're doing. Go. What's that? Golden Eyes on two. Do they? I don't know. That's. I'm gonna check right now, but I don't think it was. Yeah, that'd I be. Want, that's that, when it comes on. I'm sold. That'd be great yeah. though. And I think like a lot of people were have been mad at Nintendo because you know they bought their this stuff on all these virtual consoles and they lost it, right? And that's why so many people are are weary of digital content. But I not think, yet. Not yet. It's not out yet. But I think they're doing it right this time because they're this is like a subscription service, right? Like you're online, you get access to play this stuff, just like Games Pass. So, yeah, good stuff, good news. Uh, I'm excited to uh, kind of dive into that and see what they what they've got to offer. Well, at least like you said, it's a starting point. I mean, yes, it's going to be a little bit more costly for everybody's pocketbook out there, but to relive these N64 and Sega Genesis classics that I know you, Josh, and I know myself are probably going to love to get our hands on. That's going to be something that's worth playing. And even on the Switch, which you know, kind of is awkward at times to play at least older games from the past. I know I've had a little trouble here and there with that. It's still going to be something worthwhile to play it out and about. So I think these, these games are going to really be a lot of fun on the Nintendo Switch. They showed off Bayonetta 3 gameplay, and of course it's coming out next year, not coming out this year. I'm a pretty good Bayonetta fan. I really think Bayonetta and Bayonetta 2 were two of the better games on the Nintendo Wii U. Yeah. And I really am am happy that that they're reliving Bayonetta once again with another Bayonetta on the way. Your thoughts on Bayonetta 3? Is it something that you're interested in? I always thought it was well-made, well-crafted, and would suffice as a really good game on any of the consoles out there. Yeah, this is they've been talking for a long time about Bayonetta, right? And that's kind of they're talking about it a lot and all of a sudden they stopped talking about it for a long time and they just brought out No More Heroes 3 and that didn't go quite over as well. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I think Bayonetta, yeah, I don't think anyone was really excited for No More Heroes 3, but Bayonetta 3 I know people have been waiting for for a long time. And that's pretty exciting. I've never been into the series, so I probably won't get it. But, you know, I know a lot of people who are excited to play it. And, you know, it's a very high-speed action game for those of you who are wondering. But, yeah, I'm, it's, it looks cool. Deals with a lot of combos, very stylistic. These stories are usually funny, nonsensical, 
but very colorful. Yeah. Uh, and almost like you're watching an anime. I probably relate it closely to that. So I am very interested to see what happens with Bayonetta 3. I really like that. I mean, again, the first two games are very highly beloved with the critics. I mean, they are two of the, the critically best games of the of their release dates in around that time that they came out. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do with Bayonetta 3. Yeah. Continuing on from that, I mean, there was still more talk. Splatoon 3 had some gameplay footage. That's also coming out in 2022. Splatoon 3, I'm not sure as many people are excited for it. I mean, it is an original Nintendo game that's a multiplayer platform game, which is something I know at the time when the original came out, a lot of people were asking for. I want to say I just don't think it has resonated with a large enough audience, in my opinion. I could be wrong on that. Yeah. I mean, it's just at the time Splatoon came out, I really thought that it would gain that upper level and be thought of just like right below Mario and Zelda. And it's never quite gotten up to that level. It's had its own niche. Mm -hmm. It's had its own group of individuals that love it, but it's just not quite at that level. Yeah. You know what I noticed too this past year is that there's a weird esports push for Splatoon. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm. I coach the esports at my school, and they they just got Splatoon two, and there's not really a lot of people wanting to sign up for it. But I also am seeing this in a lot of other esports organizations where people are trying to make Splatoon one of those games that people want to play. And I just, it's been a hard sell for me to my students, and uh, I'm just curious how that's going with the rest of, you know, the rest of the world. But Splatoon three, Splatoon is a fun game, but it's just not like. I don't know. It's not something that I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm really stoked about a Splatoon 3, you know? You said it's been a hard sell for your students? Yeah, because they don't want to play it. They don't, there's no, like, they've tried it and they've tested it out, but there's nothing about it that they're really, it's not like a Mario Kart, you know, or Super Smash Brothers. I don't know. It's just not calling to them. I got an answer for you on that. What? Just make it a homework assignment. All <laughs> right. It, Make it mandatory. Put it on the chalkboard. You must play 20 rounds of Splatoon 2. Yeah. And make sure you videotape and stream your results to the professor. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you'd think. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just Splatoon 3 is not exactly something I'm excited about. Monster Hunter Rise expansion pack was announced for 2022 it's coming like midway through summer at the earliest monster hunter it's been something that when it came out which was i think what 2020 early 2020 monster hunter came out it, it had its own audience really uh, started to resonate with a lot of people i think the movie came out and it just kind of like stole the thunder from it because the monster hunter movie was so bad but the Monster Hunter game and its DLC, expansion packs, whatnot, I think it's kept it going, but not to the point where we're really getting excited about. Yeah. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate will have its final DLC fighter revealed next month. Animal Crossing is going to get its own direct in October. And that's great for people that love Animal Crossing because you know how popular that is. There's some good stuff that they announced. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. I want to ask you this. It's coming to the Switch in November, but it's not, not the remake that we will be seeing for the PlayStation 5 and later on down the road for Xbox. This is just a bumped up from the original version that's not going to be, again, remade from the ground up. 
do you think this is a recipe for success or do you think that maybe they should have waited until to see if Aspire would be able to go ahead and float the remake on the Nintendo Switch? Yeah, this was kind of a weird announcement to hear yeah. because, you know, we it literally had just been announced and Switch is a risky platform for anything that's not Nintendo. So it's really hard to say how something's going to do, but uh, you know, if you, unless you're a first party Nintendo game, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think they only announced like one one first party title, right? It was Kirby. Yeah. Yes, Kirby. That was the only thing that was mentioned really was the Kirby. Everything else was like they're showing a little bit of this of existing stuff that they have. Metroid Dread got an extended story trailer. I know that a lot of people were looking at the Dying Light 2 Dying Light Platinum Edition. They were mm-hmm. talking about that because Dying Light 2 is going to come out on, in February 2022. October 19th, Dying Light Platinum Edition will be coming out. So that's just a remake of Dying Light coming to the Switch. Yeah. A Mario Golf Super Rush uh, is just getting add some add-ons. A lot of the stuff was add-ons, which is, you know, okay, this is just filler for this presentation, which yeah. is kind of kind of disappointment that. Disco Elysium, which if you have not played yet, it is very, very well thought of with the critics out there. So if you get a chance and you're a Nintendo Switch fan, Disco Elysium, the final cut, it is arriving to the Switch on October 12th. So please go ahead and make sure you check that out. It is very highly rated. I mean, Hyrule Warriors, a new trailer was shown for that, for its expansion pass stuff. I mean, Disney's Magical World 2, the Enhanced Edition, Yay. I mean, a lot of the stuff was just like little bits of this, little bits of that. The fact that Arcade Archives, Pac-Man and Xevious, they're coming. That is pretty cool as a Xevious fan. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for the Nintendo Switch uh, that's coming to the Nintendo Switch on that. I think it'd be kind of different. I thought, again, the controls on some of these older games with the Nintendo Switch don't always jive correctly. Yeah, right. But I, I think overall it was a decent presentation for them. Uh, just a lot of filler stuff that was in there. Yeah. Castlevania, the Advanced Collection, is it's coming. I mean, it's bringing four of the games to Switch that were you know from the past. So, kind of thought that was good. But before we hit to the Super Mario Brothers movie, which is causing big controversy, and we'll talk extended on that. What was your thoughts overall on the, the latest Nintendo Direct? I mean, it was not things I was asking for, but it's things I was pleasantly surprised by. Like the the Kirby 3D World or whatever it's called, Kirby's whatever, it looks really good. It looks pretty, it looks wide open, like it looks like I don't know, it looks like what I wish Sonic would become. You know, there's some good announcements, but it seemed like overall this direct really just showed what everyone's kind of been saying all along, that the Switch is sometimes feels like nothing more than a port machine. I think it's going to be called Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Yeah, so, yeah, that Kirby. sounds yeah, right. Yeah. Kirby and the Forgotten yeah. Land. Yes, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. That's it, going to be something, again, that Nintendo's bringing out. So when it comes out in the spring of 2022, a lot of people will be excited for that. But overall, I thought it was decent, a decent presentation. Yeah, but yeah. There's one thing that kind of threw everything out of whack. And it's one of those things where you have a decent presentation. You throw out some games. You throw out some expansion packs. You throw out some DLC. You throw out some trailers out there for upcoming games. You throw out some updates. And it's a pretty good overall presentation. Yeah. But one thing, my friend, overall, just like totally sucked the life out of this presentation and turned it upside its head. 
And that was the announcement of the official announcement that the Mario Brothers movie, the Super Mario Brothers movie, is now going to be a thing. It's going to be on its way, and it's coming out. It's an animated. Uh, it's, it's an animated movie, and it's coming out a Christmas time schedule. Well, you know, these days you don't know what the actual date is going to come out until probably just before it comes out. But it's going to be right around Christmas of next year. So, okay, it's a done deal. It's something that has been talked about in development for quite some time, but it's, it's going to be on the way. We're really excited for it. And then the announcement of the cast, I think, threw a lot of people for a loop. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. When you hear that Kevin Michael Richardson as comic, Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong, Seth Rogen playing Donkey Kong, Keegan-Michael Kay playing Toad, Jack Black playing Bowser, these are all names out there, you know, some of them very successful that a lot of people have enjoyed over the year, over the years. Charlie Day, which not as many people know about, but you know his voice more than his actual face, or you know his meme more than his actual work that he's actually done with uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's going to be playing Luigi. Anya Taylor-Joy is going to be playing Princess Peach. And Chris Pratt is going to be Mario. And I think a lot of people, the collective internet out there, just gave a kind of huh when that was announced. So I want to hear your thoughts. It's been getting a lot of pushback. It's been getting a lot of question marks. What's up with Nintendo announcing Chris Pratt as the choice for Mario in the Super Mario Brothers movie? Yeah, so I I had a what moment at first, too, but then I thought about it. They did cast John Leguizamo in the first one as Mario. So, I mean, the bar was already set pretty low. But that also makes me wonder, like, I guess Mario's not going to have his, uh, like, signature accents in there. No, uh, John Leguizamo was Luigi. Or Luigi. Who Bob Hoskins Bob Hoskins. Mario. Oh, that's right. That's right. But... Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, it's not something that I would have figured, but I won't be able to form an opinion on it until I actually see it. Didn't somebody made a, a meme about Chris Pratt playing Mario a while back? I don't remember when I saw that. How prophetic. How prophetic, yeah. Memes have been predicting everything lately. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I guess it's a weird cast. Who would you cast in the role of Mario? It's a me. It's a Mario. I would cast myself because I don't think I'd do a good Mario. <laughs> I would probably have to say, that's a good question. Who does a good Italian voice, in your opinion? Mm. Hmm. That's a good question. Any thoughts? Somebody that does a good Italian voice. I don't, I don't know. I don't, Paul Rudd maybe could do it. I feel like he's, he can, he can. He's very he's versatile with stuff like that with voices. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. Let's go with Paul Rudd. I don't have anything else in mind right now, so I'm sure it'll hit me like five minutes after the show ends. I'll be like, oh, <laughs> that person. I don't know. I'm gonna after I think about this a little more. I think I'll have a better answer for you. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Maybe on next week's show. So I'm gonna give you a week. I'll give I'll give you like you give your students a tough homework assignment that is almost doomed to failure so you know that's why you like your kids but <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding so not only do i want to hear your thoughts josh but i want to hear everybody's thoughts out there who is the best choice for mario 
from the Super Mario Brothers movie. Please share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. My friend, before we head on out, a couple quick notes. Wanted to make sure and let everybody know, I'm taking a look again at the Thor episode on What If, episode seven, and I really think that's a funny one. I really enjoyed it the second time around. It's kind of funny. I think it's, Overall, the most enjoyable episode of the What If series. So I really enjoyed it because, you know, Party Thor is, is a really fun guy. And it really starts to set things up at the very end for episode eight and nine, which is going to be their cataclysmic ending to the season. So I'm looking forward to seeing part one of that this week. Star Wars Visions, I want to say it's really off to a good start. I've seen a couple of the episodes already. Really am, am happy that the anime world got a chance to go ahead and see their own vision, pun intended, of Star Wars. <laughs> I really like this aspect of it, my friend. Have you had a chance to check out Star Wars Visions? I, I have not. I haven't had a chance to watch much TV this week, but I'm definitely going to check it out because I've I've heard great things about it. So I'll probably sit down and spend some time with it this week. But before we head on out, my friend, Fantastic Beast 3 was announced for next April of 2022 because what we thought was 2021 would be this loaded year of stuff seems to be more like 2022 is going to be a loaded year pushed back exactly so fantastic beast 3 which is going to be the secrets of dumbledore and no johnny depp which i know has been talked about ad nauseum in regards to what's going on there and i don't want to really get into the specifics on that one but i know a lot of people are happy with it but you also noted to me that a lot of people aren't happy with it and are going to boycott the movie when it comes out next year yeah yeah i mean it just seems like this franchise can't escape controversy you know they got out of the jk thing dived into the johnny depp thing but I don't know. People like, on both sides. People don't people, want to see it if he's in it. Exactly. People don't, people, one of them, yeah. people don't want to watch if he's not in it. But you know what I've read from what I've read about like Mads Mikkelsen saying that he, you know he talked to Johnny Depp about it just to make sure there's no hard feelings. Like I feel like that is the proper way to go about things. And because of that, you know, I feel like I can kind of give this movie another chance. But it's like we were, we talked about before, though, right? Like, the is this going to be enough to truly wash the taste of the second movie out of our mouths? We'll see. I mean, I think it's there's been a, enough time. Because when did that movie come out? 2018, was I want to say? I thought it was 2017, wasn't it? I think 2017. Was it that long ago? I mean, it was a bad movie. I know we said it on the show at that time. It was really a disappointing film. But I think now that there has been so much of a difference in time, I no, think I'm right. going to go ahead. And, you're right. 2018. Yeah, I still, I think that's a while. I think by the time it comes out four years later, I think this is a chance to get a refresh. Yeah. Uh, I think the previous Fantastic Beasts, it's been washed out of our minds about how bad it was. And I think we'll be able to give it a second chance yeah. as far as episode three. There's going to be five of them. So there's going to be five Fantastic Beasts films. 
even though the, the second one did actually quite poor at the box office when it wasn't a pandemic box office. So, yeah. yeah. So, I'm, like I said, I'm getting into it again. I'm going to give it another shot. I know my family still, even with JK, uh, they're kind of begrudgingly still big Harry Potter fans, even though JK is JK. But still, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give it another chance. want to give a big shout-out before we head on out to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and give everybody a box office update. Speaking of box office, just passed Black Widow as the number one movie domestically for the entire year. Dune is doing super overseas. I wish it was here, but it's not yet here. So Dune, uh, no time to... Dune is Duning really well? Is that what you're Dune about is, to Dune, Dune is Duning really well. Close to $75 million already worldwide. Just not playing here yet. No Time to Die, you know it's going to do well already. I think it's playing in the UK already, so that's already an international market. So the movie theaters out there, they're slowly coming back to life. It's not yeah. like it was before, but there is a nice point. I mean, there are some good stories. I mean, Dear Evan Hansen, unfortunately, was a bomb this weekend at the box yeah, office. Yeah, so. I read some interesting things about that, mainly that the main character is being played by someone who clearly looks like he's in his 30s. Yeah, that was a total miscast. I understand that he is from the actual stage play. Yeah. It's actually the, the lead for the stage play version of it. But I think, like you said, it was a total miscast. And I think a lot of that flack has become of it. Uh, it's getting middling reviews and it got killed at the box office this weekend. So dear Evan Hansen, then this is something I want to go in with you or one of our Friday shows with Melinda Barkhouse. I want to go into this year into death because this year has been the year of the musical. And I'm not sure it's been the year of the hit musical, but it's been yeah. the year of the musical. A lot of musicals have come out. There's still more musicals left to go, like Sing. And of course, the Steven Spielberg movie that's coming out later this year, West Side Story. Yeah. That new version of that musical. So I want to talk about that, hopefully on an upcoming episode. Annette was something I really enjoyed. That's available on Amazon Prime. If you're into uh, Adam Driver and Maria Cotillard, they did a great job in that movie. And it's kind of weird, but it's also kind of fun. But the singing is great. And the music's from an old band, a favorite of mine, called Sparks. So Annette was a musical that came out to decent reviews. So, I mean, right now, it's just a lot of there's a lot of musicals out there. Just hopefully there's going to be one that really connects with people into the heights. Well, we know the situation there. So don't want to go into too much detail on that. But. Again, there's been a lot of musicals out there. And one of these days, Josh, I want to go ahead and, and talk to you or Melinda about this in detail. But I know those musicals, they're out there. They're coming out. They just, But they're just not finding a connection with the audience. So I definitely want to go into deeper thoughts on that, hopefully with you, maybe even next week. Would you like to talk about that? Sure. Sounds good. All right. So we'll talk about more about these musicals. And I'll have a list of all the musicals that are coming out this year, have come out this year, and they're relative success ratios. So I'm looking forward to that. But before we end on out, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for always being a part of the show, but it's time for you to bulk up, man. It's time for you to hit the weight room. It's time for you to go ahead and get ready. Get on that spandex with the red, white, and blue, my friend, because the American gladiators, baby, are coming back to a screen near you. I don't know which platform yet. I'm assuming it might be something to do with a streaming outlet because everything seemingly is landing on a streaming outlet, but we'll wait and see. But the WWE and MGM are getting together to recreate the wonderful time in the 80s and 90s 
regards to the syndicated hit series, you know, which is a part of TV's past, but it's going to be revived again in the American Gladiators. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. Are you ready to go ahead and see one named individuals like Jet and Turbo and whatever their names were from back in the day? Just go ahead and just whack wannabe individual gladiators that are regular contestants like you and I just trying to go on the show and trying to go ahead and do the obstacles and then just getting whacked upside the head by an American gladiator. Yeah, but this show is kind of before my time. So I'm like, I've been reading about it and I'm kind of, uh, I'm interested, you know? This was a big show uh, when it was sent out in syndication in the early 90s, late 80s, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, around those times, it had its moment in the sun, but then quickly died off because it is a reminder of that era and it just did not age very well. And now, I guess, since you know the comment was made on our social media, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, to an article I posted and uh, you know, about a reboot. And I, th- I don't know which reboot. I don't remember which reboot because there's always too many reboots. But yeah, yeah the, the individual was very mad that there are, you know, why can't Hollywood come up with anything original? They don't. They don't want to. They don't choose to. They just go ahead just, and reboot stuff like this. Whatever, whatever's worked. Absolutely. But the funny part is that's MGM and the WWE. And WWE, if you are familiar with their entire history, they have not done well once they've tried to go ahead and spin off into something else no. whether it's wwe films whether it's the world bodybuilding league whether it's the xfl whether it's all these other things that they've tried to do over the years supplemental drink supplements of some type oh yeah they had ico pro yeah which was a powder drink yeah i think they they were involved with that and yeah just a whole bunch of stuff that they've tried and failed and I'm not so sure I have all the confidence in the world that they're going to be able to pull this off. But hey, there's it's content. It's going to go up on somewhere. Someone's going to want to be part of it. And I can't go too much off the beaten path because I do like Wipeout. I did love MXC back in the day. Oh, that's right. And I love the yeah. fact, and I, I enjoy the fact that Wipeout has found a new life with John Cena. And I do like the fact that it is now, again, a staple on TBS or so I want to hear your thoughts finally before we head on out. Is American Gladiators going to be worth your time? Maybe. You know, if it features people from wrestling, I could see that being a good way to like bring fans over. But I just I don't know how much TV the average American watches anymore outside of streaming services. So it's really hard for me to like be able to guess. I don't know. I mean, this is going to be something that's going to be crash TV. It's not going to be something that's going to be award winning by any stretch of the imagination, but Hey, people love a good smashing every now and then of some innocent contestant just running and trying to go through the obstacle course and all of a sudden getting shellacked upside the head by an American gladiator. I think everybody is going to be enjoying that part of it. So we'll wait and see what happens. As American gladiators will be sometime in the not-too-distant future a part of our viewing scenario once again as it's being rebooted by the MGM and WWE. What are your thoughts out there on American Gladiators coming back to life on television? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode once again. We have blah, 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 blah on pop culture for another hour and hopefully entertain the masses as only we can. Looking forward to going ahead and talking to my good friend, Miss Melinda Barkhouse, on the Friday show, The PC Multiverse. 
please check out the stuff we do during the week, including the Lakers fast break inside sports fantasy football. And we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. So check out all of our great stuff we do there, including our videos that we did this past weekend. But any last thoughts on the way out? No, we covered a lot. Uh, one thing we did forget to mention from the Nintendo Direct, the Chocobo Grand Prix game looks kind of oh fun. Oh, gosh. Let's not forget that. Yeah. I don't know. I always like those games. I think <laughs> Chocobo Racing on PlayStation, I think, was... Uh, they, they were okay. They weren't bad. They weren't great either, but they were okay. And I'd much rather play that than No More Heroes 3, so... This is true. No more Travis touchdown for you, but can't get enough of Mario Kart. Yeah. Yeah. Mario Kart never fails. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. Time to grab your pillow and join the Geek Father in Little Bit for discussions on current, nostalgic, and speculative happenings in pop culture. Nerd news, fandom histories, deep dive discussions, reviews, and more. It's like listening to your closest friends have a nerdy conversation. So sit back, relax, and let the Blurred Nerds podcast embrace you with their warm, goofy goodness. It's nerd goals for your ear holes right here on the ESO Network. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.